There doesn't seem to be a day go by when Israel is not headlined in the news. These days, the headlines usually involve condemnation by one international group or another, and this week is no different. CBC News reported that the 189 member nations of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty on Friday adopted a detailed plan of small steps towards nuclear disarmament, including a sharply debated proposal to move towards banning the doomsday arms from the Middle East. The 28-page final declaration was approved by consensus on the last days of the month-long conference in New York, convened every five years to review and advance the objectives of the 40-year-old Non-Proliferation Treaty. All eyes the world over are watching us, the conference president, Libran Kabuktalan of the Philippines, said before entering the final document into the record. The decision was an important step forwards towards the realization of the goals and objectives of the treaty, Egypt's Maged Abed el-Aziz said. Speaking for the 118 national non-aligned movement of mainly developing countries. The final document this conference adopted today advances President Obama's vision of a world without nuclear weapons, Under Secretary of State Ellen Tasher told the Assembly of Delegates, end quote. Well, once the hail of applause and accolades died down, the fine print begins to become known. Oozing out of this 24-page document, touted as an important step forward, is the typical United Nations hypocritical hatred of Israel. The final document also calls for convening a conference in 2012 on the establishment of a Middle East zone free of nuclear weapons and all other weapons of mass destruction. While this is good altruistic propaganda with a sprinkling of gullible naivety, the fact is it is directed specifically at the nation of Israel. Even President Obama, no friend of Israel, couldn't swallow the hypocrisy. Israel National News reported the U.S. president expressed concern, however, with the document's most controversial issue, a commitment to hold a regional conference in 2012 that would aim to create a Middle East zone free of nuclear weapons. He said the United States has long supported such a zone, although our view is that a comprehensive and durable peace in the region and full compliance by all regional states with their arms control and non-proliferation Obligations are essential precursors for its establishment. We strongly oppose efforts to single out Israel and will oppose actions that jeopardize Israel's national security. The hypocrisy of the United Nations was pointed out by Obama's national security advisor, General James L. Jones, who stated, The United States will not permit a conference or actions that would jeopardize Israel's national security. We will not accept any approach that singles out Israel or sets unrealistic expectations. The United States' long-standing position on Middle East security and peace remains unchanged, including its unshakable commitment to Israel's security, end quote. Jones added that Washington had reservations about the declaration because it names Israel while ignoring Iran. The United States deplores the decision to single out Israel in the Middle East section of the NPT document. The failure of the resolution to mention Iran, a nation in long-standing violation of the NPT and UN Security Council resolutions, which poses the greatest threat of nuclear proliferation in the region and to the integrity of the NPT, is also deplorable. The ridiculous of this is not hard to grasp. 
Israel, a nation that has been attacked by all its surrounding neighbors on multiple occasions, is constantly threatened by terrorist organizations, organizations such as Hezbollah and Hamas, and is harangued by the Iranian president who calls for its destruction, is singled out by this document. Meanwhile, the nation who is known to be developing nuclear weapons and delivery systems and has openly threatened Israel with nuclear annihilation doesn't even get an honorable mention. Iran is a signatory of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. Obviously, the treaty means nothing to Iran, who has been in the headlines for hiding and frustrating the inspection of its nuclear production facilities over the past few years. Ynet Daily reported Iran's IAEA representative who attended the conference at the United Nations welcomes the move. He told the IRNA that the United States, despite opposing the NPT text on Israel, will have to fall in line with other countries. The U.S. reservation is symbolic and it is obliged to go along with the world's request, which is that Israel must join the NPT and open its installations to IAEA inspectors, he said. Ynet also reported the Arab idea of a weapons of mass destruction free zone meant to pressure Israel to give up its undeclared nuclear arsenal was endorsed by the 1995 nuclear non-proliferation treaty conference, but never acted on. Israel has long said a full Arab-Israeli peace must precede such weapons bans. But at this conference, the U.S.-Israel's chief supporter said it welcomed practical measures leading toward the goal of a nuke-free zone, and U.S. diplomats discussed possibilities with Israel. End quote. Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East and threatened by hostile fundamentalist Islamic states or subsets within countries that surround it. It has said that peace would have to precede disarmament. This is simply common sense. The anti-Israeli rhetoric, which continues to spew from the United Nations, is nothing more than the voice of flesh, condemned in Isaiah 17, verses 12 to 13, where we read, Woe to the multitude of many people, which make a noise like the noise of the seas, and to the rushing of nations, that make a rushing like the rushing of mighty waters. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them, and they shall flee far off. They shall be chased as the chaff of the mountains before the wind, like a rolling thing before the whirlwind. Israel is a nation placed in the Middle East by the hand of Almighty God, as prophesied beforehand in the scriptures of truth. Mankind cannot accept their existence as a nation, and is uniting against them under the banner of democracy and human rights. Another example of this is an amarda of Palestinian propaganda that's headed to the shores of Gaza this weekend in an effort to break the siege of Gaza. The propaganda version of the story paints the picture of a aid flotilla as bringing desperately needed supplies to the poor Palestinian people who are under the oppressive boot of the Israeli military. However, the true purpose of the mission can be seen very quickly from the very words of the Hamas leadership reported in Haaretz. The Hamas leader in Gaza, Ismail Hanani, said Saturday that if Israel behaves like pirates and attacks the International Freedom Flotilla carrying 10,000 tons of aid meant for Gaza, then the Palestinians will have won. 
The flotilla's message is clear, and it will reach the entire world, Hineni said. Saturday morning, during a press conference held at the Gaza port where the ships were expected to dock, the meaning of the flotilla is that the entire world opposes the siege on Gaza Strip, and if Israel behaves like pirates and sea terrorists, we will win, he added. The eight-ship Freedom Fratilla, protesting Israel's blockade on Gaza, is expected to set sail from the international waters off the shore of Cyprus towards the Gaza Strip on Saturday afternoon, Israel Radio reported. The paper continued to report Foreign Minister Lieberman called the Freedom Flotilla violent propaganda against Israel's sovereignty and added that Israel will not allow such a threat to continue. The aid convoy is violent propaganda against Israel and Israel will not allow its sovereignty to be threatened in any way, in any place, land, air or sea, Lieberman said during the Foreign Ministry briefing on the aid convoy's process toward the shores of Gaza. There is no humanitarian crisis in the Gaza Strip, Lieberman added. Despite Hamas's war crimes against Israeli citizens and the thousands of rockets fired at Israeli towns, Israel continues to respond in the most humane way possible. Lieberman stressed that Israel permitted thousands of tons of products to enter the Gaza Strip on a daily basis. The Israel Navy started preparing for the arrival of the Gaza aid flotilla by sending ships to counter the convoy in the Israeli-controlled waters. Despite the convoy's delay, the Israeli Defense Forces continued to prepare for its uh, planned arrival. Quote, Gaza was closed off by Israel due to the incessant rocket attacks that were launched from the very land Israel forcefully evicted its own citizens from in a botched attempt to bring peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. The deal was intended to bring peace, but in effect allowed Hamas to move its rocket launchers closer to the main population centers of Israel. Israel National News reported that Foreign Minister Director General Yossi Gal summoned the ambassadors of participating countries in the flotilla, Turkey, Greece, Cyprus, Sweden and Ireland, and made it clear that Israel would not allow the ships to reach Gaza. He said that the ship's goods bound for Gaza could be dropped off in Ashdod, where they would be screened by security personnel and then delivered to Gaza. Gal also told them that Gaza is is run by a terrorist organization whose priority is not the welfare of its residents. This organization continues to arm itself with arms and rockets and to perpetuate a situation of armed conflict with Israel after years of attacking Israeli citizens under Iranian auspices. Israel, therefore, has a natural right to prevent the arrival of unsupervised products in Gaza. End quote. The claimed purely altruistic motives of this humanitarian aid convoy were put to the test by a request by the family of Gilad Shalit. The same article stated, the parents of Gilad Shalit, held captive in Gaza for nearly four years, asked the organizers of the human rights flotilla to take letters and packages for Gilad. The answer was no. The Shalit family even offered its help in asking the government of Israel to allow the ships to pass through Gaza, and still the organization, uh, organizers of the humanitarian mission said no. Galad had been held captive by Hamas terrorists in Gaza for nearly four years, during which time he has been allowed absolutely no contract, contact with neutral or Israeli elements, end quote. So while the drama continues in and around Israel to demonize it and turn all nations against it under the banner of liberty or freedom, equality and fraternity, 
the scriptures clearly identify that this will be the case leading up to the Battle of Armageddon. It is this spirit that draws the nations down. Revelation 16 verse 13 to 16 tells us that I saw three unclean spirit-like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, or demons, or false doctrines, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. He gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. While it may seem like this is the same drum being beaten over and over again, what we are witnessing is an intensity of hatred of the world against God's people that will ultimately bring them into conflict with Israel and then with Almighty God. The scriptures are clear on the motives of the latter-day invasion. Ezekiel 38 verse 16 tells us the invasion will come up against my people of Israel. Joel 3 verse 2 tells us the issue will be my people and my heritage Israel. Micah 4 verse 11 speaks of many nations gathered against thee that say, Let her be defiled, let our eye look upon Zion. Zechariah 14 verse 2 speaks of the gathering of all nations against Jerusalem to battle. What we are witnessing is an intensification of the attitudes of the nations of the world formed by the tools of propaganda through media against the nation of Israel. Ezekiel 35 verse 4 describes Esau's hatred as a perpetual hatred for which the nation was blotted out. The attitude of nations in the past against Israel was judged most severely. We read, Because thou hast said, These two nations and these two countries shall be mine, and we will possess it, whereas the Lord was there. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will even do according to thine anger, and according to thine envy, which thou hast used out of thy hatred against them. And I will make, known, I will make myself known among them when I have judged thee. Similar judgments are pending all those nations who curse Israel, as is indicated in the promises made by God to Abraham when he said, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. Let us make sure we don't drink the poisoned wine of propaganda and adopt the world's view of God's work in the land in restoring his people in preparation for the future kingdom of God. In the meantime, let us pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This has been Jonathan Bowen joining you on The Bible in the News.